Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Secrets of Confident Women. My name is Jodie Bruce-Clark, and together with my business partner, Anastasia Adams, we run Rise Women, which is a business dedicated to helping women learn practical confidence-building techniques so that they can increase their confidence and do the amazing things they want to do in their lives. And today I am so excited to interview and introduce you to a truly incredible young woman, Heather Miller. Heather is the founder of The Kindness Hub, a social engineer, adventure coach, speaker, New South Wales Local Women of the Year in 2016 and runs a multitude of programs for young people around the world. She has guided leadership treks through the Himalayan mountains of Nepal, consults for leading universities on equipping graduates to shape our future, and is an expert when it comes to connection and how we can change the world through kindness. Heather has a strong passion for youth development and has assisted organisations like Scouts Australia and the Anthony Robbins Foundation to develop and facilitate core programs in the space of leadership team building, emotional intelligence, contribution and mental wellness. She started on the journey of kindness at just 15 years old when she saved up her pocket money and created kindness postcards that she could give out throughout her neighbourhood. Now as the founder of the Kindness Hub, her organisation has facilitated programs for over 10,000 young people from 20 different nations and is committed to creating as many ripples of goodness as possible by upskilling young people. So I am thrilled and thrilled and thrilled to welcome Heather Miller to the Secrets of the Confident Women podcast. How are you? Oh, hello. I'm so well. Thank you for that warm introduction. Oh, welcome. Now we have been, we have met through a mutual friend that I've just, we've just (laughs) realized actually was your school teacher. And uh, I think last year I was talking to her about interviewing people and the podcast. And she said to me, oh my goodness, you need to speak to Heather Miller. And she put me on to the Kindness Hub organization and I found you and we've been playing a lot of phone tag and email tag trying to make this happen because you are a seriously busy woman and uh, doing amazing (laughs) things throughout Australia and the world um, with all your programs. But I'm so, so thrilled to have you take the time to join us today. Honestly, it's such a blessing to be here and to be able to speak with all of you because at the end of the day, we're pretty much the same human jelly beans, just in different parts of the world, right. with different lives. We all love people. That's right. We're just, we're just doing our thing. We are. We are. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, you've got an amazing background. You're a young woman who has achieved more in her young years than most of us do in our lifetime. So you got cracking on things you were passionate about and really have found a real niche for yourself that you make it such a difference in the world. So tell us a bit about yourself and your career and your organisation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's really important to start off with, I really stand on the shoulders of giants. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is I'm 26 years old right at this moment and there is no way on this earth I would be where I am right now if it wasn't for the other incredible women that I've surrounded myself with Yes. Um, and men as well. And that hasn't just been in recent times but through a lot of my life. Um, I started my actual entire journey by meeting a woman on an aeroplane uh, who we'll talk a little bit more about later. But I really met her on an aeroplane and and reached out and asked her for help because she looked like a badass lady and she was. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and I think that 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 really sums up up my life. And I think the most important things that you really need to know about me on top of what you've already said there, Jodes, is, I like pineapple on pizza. I'm just going to admit that <laughs> me straight too, off. Me too, Me too. I like eating kiwi fruit with the skin on because yes, it's more convenient. Me too. Me too. There you go. We've got uh, more in the, common. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, I like to turn the hot water on before the cold water when I get in the shower, which <laughs> some people, like, you're really going to notice the next time you do it. You're going to be like, which way do I do it? Do I put the cold water or the hot water? This is important information, guys. It is. It is. Because it's the small things that make up the big picture. It is. And that's what I've based my entire life off is those tiny little ripples that everyone has the capacity to make. No matter how small or how big your impact is, it still makes a difference. Just like whether you like pineapple on pizza or turning your hot water on before your cold water, it makes a difference because it's the unique part of you. And that's what I have absolutely loved doing with people around the world is just how can we find out what are those beautiful synchronicities that we share and then build on them together because we are much more alike than we give ourselves credit for, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And it is finding those when people can connect together on something so small, you do feel understood and heard. Like I'm like, Oh, I get it. I get the pineapple on pizza thing. That's, (laughs) that's where completely. I'm with you on that. So that's great. And what, so what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you? Really, to me, it's a state of mind because there are days when I feel like a sack of potatoes yes. and don't really want to do anything. And yes. then there, five minutes later, I feel like I'm on top of the world. And I think that being a confident woman is about remembering for me why I'm here. Yeah. That's the number one thing that, that pushes me into that that state of being, of confidence, of like, okay, why am I here? Why did I wake up this morning? What do I have to do? And even if that's just walking to the park or doing something for a friend or working in my business, whatever it may be, it's like, okay, how can I embody what my ancestors have helped me to be where I am right now? Yeah, it is. And I love, I love what you're saying there because it is that drawing on we can – be and you know I say you know all my presentations like I am a confident woman and there are days when I don't feel like a confident woman and I think it's trying to normalize it the confidence thing is an up and down roller coaster that you just try to manage and we all have those up and down days whether you see them or not you know sometimes you don't always see people when they're feeling unconfident uh you know my business partner Anastasia sees a lot more of my unconfident days than than anyone else probably but yeah um, it's recognizing that we all have them and then I think it's great you know really connecting to so what am I here for and what's what you know what is my mission and my journey and let's get back onto that and and get get moving again 
Exactly. I like to think of it a little bit like a volcano. This, So when I thought about this originally, it blew my mind and it makes me feel better every day. So hopefully it makes you feel a bit better too. Right. I like to think of myself as a volcano, right? So yeah. when we have those those great days and we explode upwards, right? It's so It feels like you can create anything and yeah. suddenly there's all this lava, everything's happening. It seems like it's completely on purpose and on track. And then after the rise, often there's a bit of a fall that happens. It could be the same day, it could be the next week, whatever it looks like. And that is literally the lava then going out of the volcano and then rolling down the side of the volcano. Yes. Now, some sometimes it can feel like, oh my gosh, I was so good yesterday or this morning and now I feel like crap or I don't feel that confident. But in actuality, what's happened is the sediment, right, that lava has actually created a bigger landmass for you. Mm. So even though you've gone up and then gone down, you're actually have increased your level of confidence from a from a lower level. So oh, you've still gone up that. even if it's just yeah. a millimeter or a centimeter, you're still there, you're building you're your building. island piece by piece. Yes. Oh I love exactly. that. That's and a great you will vision. Be up visual that's a Isn't great, great? Vis- yeah yeah perfect I love that so it's never you're going lower than you you can never go lower than you were before because you're always building on top of on top of itself precisely awesome so when are you the most confident version of yourself Heather I'm the most confident version of myself when I am diving into something that makes me feel afraid grow now I know that I know that no, sounds strange we haven't had that answer <laughs> before I love that <laughs> It's when I'm truly, because I know that when I'm diving into something that makes me feel afraid, I've made the conscious decision that this is my time and I'm going to do it even though it scares me because that's what courage is. It is. So I'm going to keep moving forward. And just because I don't know the answer or I'm literally shaking of fear, I'm the most confident version of myself because I've chosen that battle suit to jump in and be like, all right, let's see how far we can get today. Yes, I love that. Oh, that's great. That's great. And it is, it is facing that and being proud of yourself that you can step out and and make stuff happen in the world and follow what you're doing, even if it is scary, even if you're shaking and you you know your hands are sweaty and you don't know you know what cliff what exactly is is at the bottom of the cliff you're jumping off. <laughs> but exactly, we get proud of ourselves that we step in and take action on creating our life. Completely. When I speak to young people, I always when we're talking about how to be a great public speaker and what that looks like, I tell them and I show them, I'm like, do you see that my legs are still shaking? Like I have spoken to so many, so many people at this point. I know I'm good at this. Yes. Yet my legs still still shake and I'm here anyway. I say the exact same thing. (laughs) Exactly. Because it doesn't (laughs) go away. I just get better at managing the extreme amounts of fear (laughs) that is happening. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, yes. There you go. Pineapple on pizza and shaking in front of an audience. We're the same. We're the same good people. Okay, so you're an expert at teaching people to communicate confidently. So what does it mean to communicate with confidence? Yeah, great question. I believe it means backing yourself. Yeah. Communicating with confidence is not just about knowing the specific skill sets around effective communication, but it's about being sure of yourself so you can walk into any situation and have the capacity to be heard, but most importantly, to listen. Yeah. Because I think so often when we're focusing on communicating with confidence, and I talk to my clients about this all the time, we think that it's about how do I get my voice across, 
But in action, in actuality, I would actually argue it's about how you can be a better listener. Because mm. from that place of listening and that deep, deep listening, we can actually understand more so about what is the message that we need to get across in this moment. Because there's an amazing quote, right? I forget right now who says it, but they say, people don't remember what you tell them. They remember how you yes, make them feel. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it's not just in speeches. It's in one-on-one communication too. Yeah. If someone doesn't feel like that you care about them or what they're saying or what, or what they need to express, by golly goodness, they're not going to care about what you're trying to express That's either. Right. It's like, how can you make sure that this is a two-way street? And feeling understood. Like there's such yes. power in and connection when someone f- understands you and understands what you're, what you're saying and, and, or understands the emotion that you might be feeling about a particular topic. They, they, they take the time to have empathy and listen and understand where and you feel heard. So that yeah. absolutely makes a big difference to then your connection and, and the opening up of communication with that person. Yes. If you don't, if you don't feel understood, you just shut down, don't you? you just people just go, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else because you don't understand me <laughs> or you don't yep. know where I'm yep. coming from. And then people don't feel safe. And just no, like we don't true. feel safe to tell people, you're like, well, obviously, exactly what you just said, I might yeah. as well give up. They're not, they're not getting the picture. Yeah. And it's really clear to see that shutdown happen, especially with people who have English as a second language. Yes. So often you'll notice if you're, if you're talking to someone and they, you misunderstand them and they say, oh, don't worry about it, right? Yeah. Because they feel like they can't get it across and they've yeah. been taught by so many people in the past that what I have to say, like you're never going to get it or like you don't yeah. care enough. Yeah. And I love to sit with people, especially people with English as a second language, right, who are struggling with that language barrier and say, I'm willing to sit here for as long as it takes for you to tell me what you want to say. Yeah. We're going to use Google Translate. If we're going to use pictures, yes. hand signals, yeah. whatever it is, we'll work I'm it here out. to listen. Yeah. Exactly. Language is no barrier and it shouldn't be, I think it shouldn't be for anyone, especially if it's that thought in your head of like, this person doesn't care about me. The same exact thing. It's like, how long are you willing to sit with someone to make sure that they, they know cognitively that you care enough to listen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the best techniques for us to learn to ensure that we can communicate with confidence? Obviously you're saying active listening, but what else, what else do we need to do to make sure that we are communicating with confidence? Yeah, I'd say number one would be to build rapport. Mm, Rapport is that invisible connection that we have with people. Like you might be with your best friend, but you just automatically feel comfortable with them. Yes. And it's the ability to be in flow with someone in tune with the other person. Mm. And again, when you're listening to understand and not respond, Mm. I think that's the space that the magic unfolds. That would be number one. I'd say that number two, I'll give you three, I think. Number two will be the classic, which I forget often and then remember. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. No one knows what you are going to say except you. Mm, yeah. Right? There is no pressure to get something right because everything is going to unfold exactly how it's meant to when you're in that flow state, when you're in that rapport. So if you have this big list in your head and like I need to get all of these things across and you forget something and you start beating yourself up while you're in the middle of the conversation, you are no longer being present with the conversation that's happening, which is going to diminish your confidence. Yes. So I would remember that no one knows what you're going to say except 
for you mm. and hold that towards yourself as a, an extra leg up when you're having that, those conversations, whether it be something that's difficult, whether it be something that's joyful at work, at home. It's like, okay, cool. If it didn't happen in this moment, I can make sure I get it across the next time yeah. or I can make time and schedule in with that person. Yeah. And which I would lead to the third one, which is incredibly important, and that is have healthy boundaries for yourself. Mm. Yep. Right, an amazing technique to communicate effectively with others and to have that confidence is to have those healthy boundaries for yourself. Know what you do and do not accept yes. in your world sphere. Like this is your one precious life. Yes, there is not going to be another one. This is your this is your chance, and you get to rebuild it, remake it every time something happens that doesn't feel like it aligns with your soul's moment, your soul's purpose. Yes. So if you don't Perfect. feel like it's the right time to be in a conversation and having that conversation, I would say speak up yeah. and know that your voice matters to draw yeah. boundaries with others to be like actually. I want to just like give this the time it deserves. Can we reschedule for yeah. an hour for tomorrow? Do that. You have that yeah. power. You're allowed to speak what you want and need. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a great point because I work with so many women on who are people pleasers and have so much trouble saying no and so much they just – they just even though having that we practice the word no coming out of their mouth so for them to be yeah. able to set boundaries – for themselves otherwise they end up doing a lot of stuff for a lot of people because <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of people will ask for a lot of stuff for you from you and you know and things are great but they get they they have so much trouble saying no or or, or setting that boundary for themselves that they're caught up in the you know doing things for other people that they don't want to be doing or that's that's outside of what they you know they feel is a healthy boundary for themselves before they mm-hmm you know, before they know it. And, you know, we work so much on helping them to say no and, and set those boundaries. And it's really a practice thing. Like I really do find yes. I'm working with a client at the moment and we're doing just that. And I said, just practice saying no thank you to the, when they asked, do you want, you know, <laughs> sugar in your coffee? Like literally that's where you've got to practice the words coming out of your mouth that you, mm-hmm. so it becomes so, you know, you're much more comfortable with saying thank you you know with thank you but no like that's <laughs> that's a really yeah helpful thing to to learn when it when it does those cross those boundaries no they're great they're my great t- great tips Jody, my friends always say if it's not a hell yes it's a no yes exactly it's exactly and it and has just, to and yeah. it, it has to be and if you don't if you're not too sure if it's a hell yes or a hell no <laughs> then take the time and step back as you're saying and say I need a bit more time to think about this to work out what it is that you know you want in your one precious life exactly and I would even extend that even further and when you could step back to give yourself time to think about it do a body scan mm. think in your body where does it feel heavy or where does it feel light because sometimes our rational mind can't actually help us to decide what the answer is right yes, yeah. we can't actually work that out but our body often knows what it is for ourselves mm. if you have that sinking feeling in your stomach the chances are the answer is probably not yes that's right if yeah. you feel that lightheartedness in your chest the answer is probably yeah. yes yes you're like right. what does that feel like mm. in your body yes great points because it is that intuitive there is something there that you can you can feel isn't there yeah oh my goodness such great tips now you work a lot with young people in schools around their confidence their emotional management and leadership skills so what are your tips or advice for those of us who have teenage children (laughs) 
or who deal with young people to help them, like to help support them through through this time. Yeah, where to begin? Yes. <laughs> Your, just your top 100 tips, if you don't mind. <laughs> just a light answer. Yes, just, <laughs> just a quick uh, one. I'll give you an hour and a half. Go. <laughs> <laughs> this is really something I unpack a lot with parents often mm. um, in trying to understand those nuances because, of course, it's different for every young person. Mm-hmm. And I would say if I could just give one answer for right now, it would be it would be that, you know, that concept, right? Monkey see, monkey do. Mm. That could not be more true yes. for our teenagers right now. Yeah. Now, previously, it used to be monkey see, monkey do from friends at school and then our home life, right? Yeah. Now it's monkey see, monkey do for the entirety of the internet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and our friends and teachers at school and our family. And so... I think the biggest thing that we could be doing, like the biggest tip I would have to be supporting a teenager or a young person in their 20s would be to trust them, Mm. would be to really show them that you trust them to make the right choices. I got to experience such a beautiful moment yesterday with my friend here who has a 10-year-old going on 30, of course. (laughs) Of course. Oh, goodness me. Yes. And this beautiful, beautiful 10-year-old was saying, oh, I want to choose which phone cover I'm, I'm going to be getting, right? And it had mm. like the dimples that you press in it, on it and it's like a fidget. And she kept asking, what do you think? What do you think about this one and this one and this one? And her mom came over and just said to her, listen, honey, I know that I have great answers and I know that I could tell you all of them and what I think, but I have trouble choosing what I want to eat for dinner when someone <laughs> asks me because no one ever gave me the choice yes. to choose what I truly wanted. So I want you to choose what you want, not because I don't have a preference, but because you're so smart and intelligent and I know that you'll make the right choice for yourself. Oh, that is great. Because we do have to learn to make decisions. Like it's a learned skill, isn't it? Completely. Yeah. Ever since I was a young woman or a young girl, I remember going to the bread shop with $2.80 in my hand and my dad would always make me buy the bread, even though I was like, but I'm not even tall enough to reach yes. the thing. And my dad would be like, you're buying the bread. Like, which ones do you want to get? Yes. And I think it's those small moments of autonomy that we grant our young humans, yes. the better that they are in the, in creating the life that they want to live, that we would be proud of when we're not there. Yeah. Because there is so much more of, of our young people's lives that we will not be there for than that we will be. And it's how can we make sure that they know that we trust them explicitly to make the choices that are right for them. And even if it is a choice that ends up not being in their best interest, still supporting them in their decision-making process of what is it that you did that you would do differently next time, not making it right or wrong. Because as soon as we make something right or wrong, it creates that level of shame. And then it's that, oh, no, I don't want to tell you what's happened, what I what I do or, or what I did or did not do. Yeah. Instead, it's like, okay, cool. How did that feel in your body? Is that something that you want to do again? Why did you want to do it? Like what is the fuel and motivation of this decision-making process right now and going through it with them like that, like a scientist yes. instead of like, a, I want to keep you safe, please yes. don't die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it is learning and it is built and that is where – they build. If I remember, um, a number of years ago, my son was, you know, he wanted to play squash, 
I think yeah. he's the only kid on in Australia at the moment who even know, knew what squash was. But <laughs> there was a few. <laughs> it was such an eighties game, but nevertheless, he he found squash and he loves squash. So we went off to squash. But I used to give him, and he used to pay ten dollars to the you know the man at reception, and it was exactly that. I used to give him the ten dollars in the car rather than mum coming in and paying the thing. I gave him the $10 and said, now you go up to the guy and look him in the eye and say, I can't remember his name, but, you know, say his name. We knew his name and say, hi, you know, let's say it's Frank. Hi, Frank, how are you today? And hand him your $10. And just so he – and he was so nervous the first time. Like it was just <laughs> like, oh, mum. And I, I yep. come on. But it's those simple little things that he – that built his confidence to – know what to do when you've got to, like you're saying, go to the bread shop. No, he knew what to do when he goes and has to pay for something or what have you. It's those starting blocks where maybe I am there guiding him and telling him what to say and helping him a little bit. But that's that confidence build in, in the children to be able to, you know, know what to do. And then, as you say, start making their decisions and choosing for themselves and knowing when, oh, I made, you know, I did a choice that I wouldn't do again and learn from that so you don't, you know, so mm-hmm. you do make a different choice next time. Yes, exactly. And know that it's okay to make choices that aren't the ones that we want. Like we've all done it so many times. Oh, we make and continue it so wrong. to do it. <laughs> yes, continue. completely. Yeah, absolutely. But we make it wrong. Yes. And I think that, that I would like to just end on that. It's so important that what we're doing at home uh, speaks more volumes than we think. Yeah. So if you're saying no screen time after 6 p.m. to your humans, whatever, whoever they may be in your home, whatever age they are, and you're there still on your phone or your computer, yeah. that is not sending the message that you want to be sending, yeah. right? If, yeah. it's, if it's one rule for you and one rule for someone else, it yeah. doesn't quite work out. So how can you, I would say, whatever you would like to see for your young human, mm. What does it look like for you in your yeah. life as well? Yeah. How can you approach that as a team, as a party? And also, I would also avoid using the word children as much as possible because mm. it creates such a creates such a pedestal of a power. And it's like, no, actually, you're a, you're a human. I'm a human. That's yes. why I always refer oh, to people that. as young humans. Yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And interesting, I had that. The I was running a work, confidence workshop for for a group of women, uh, like a four weeks ago I think and a woman came up to me at the lunch break and said do you run programs for for teens you know thing my daughter and and it was that I said look not at this not at this moment but um I said the best thing you can do is work on your confidence and Mm -hmm. and start modeling that for your she's like my daughter's got so long low low in confidence but this lady was low in confidence (laughs) you know yeah and it's like you start with you, Dal. Like, just start building your confidence, and she will learn those things as you start being someone different and being more confident in the world, and and being more assertive and saying no to things and not people. Play, you know, all those mm-hmm. techniques. It is that's the best lesson for this young girl, rather than you know, doing something else at this point. Is the is the mother really taking hold of some of these techniques and changing her own her own life? Could not agree more with you. Could mm. not agree. In there, my mum always says something similar. So my my mum during most of my life, I would say, mum's probably going to listen to this. Hi, mum. Um, <laughs> Hi, mum. I've had 
has had a lower self-confidence and it's only in that recent years that she's really flourished into her her badass self as I oh, like to I say. Oh, I love it. Yes. And she always says that me as the child, right? Like as that young person, her baby girl mm. has always been that person that's that pushed her and been like, what do you mean? I'm like, mom, what do you mean? Of course I have nipples. That's why they're showing through my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you have And she'll be like, Heather Miller, don't you say that. And I'm like, what, mom? Nipples? (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Such different generation. Exactly. Completely different generation. And our our relationships impact each other. We're like a solar system that keeps rotating around. And I learn from my mum just as she learns from me and just the entire family system. It's great. It's great. Now, on youth programs, I know that one of the youth programs you were part of in Hawaii, you were asked to run a Q&A just with parents where they could ask you anything they wanted around the challenges of parenting teens. So I'm interested to know what question was the one that parents most wanted the answer to? You know, it's so funny. This was such a funny session. I love doing these. Um, the, the question that was most asked and regarded by everyone was what do we do about technology? Yeah. <laughs> it's the bane what of our lives. Do? There's yeah, so what much do information, Heather. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many opinions about bloody technology. Exactly. Which apps are they allowed to have? Which ones can they not have? When do I take their phone? All of the questions. And I'd say that one of the mums actually asked the question about um, disciplining their child about taking their phone at night. Right. And I use the word their child because the concept of taking someone's device away from them really is a disciplinary action. Mm. And it's also saying, I have the power and you don't. Yeah. Which is the same thing as child, right? Now, of course, I mean this, everything is completely situational. Mm. Sometimes there's a different course of action that's required. But for this particular course of action, it was about um, the young person wanted to be on their phone at nighttime. And their mom was like, well, you know, it's not good for your brain. You need to sleep. You're getting caught in Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what the mom would do was she would take the phone away at night and be like, this is going to solve the problem. But what that actually did was create a rift in their relationship because what their mum didn't understand was the reason that they wanted to be on their phone at least once at night time is because they have this thing called streaks. Now, if you don't know what a streak is, on Snapchat, it's where you send a photo to one person every single day and they have to send you a photo back, right? right, right. And that counts as a one-day streak. Now, at different conferences I've spoken at, I often ask the audience who has the highest streak. And I have spoken to people who have 567 days of streaks. Oh, so it's like they can't miss a day, otherwise they go back to zero. Exactly. You miss a day, go back to zero. And it's not just like oh, I did that. If your friend will call you and be like, I thought I was important to you. Like we had this going together. Like it's really like this situation that unfolds. It's like the new new world of chain letters. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Which I hated even even, even when I was young. I never applied to a chain letter, but it's the the (laughs) new world of technology with chain letters. Yeah, if you miss it, then you're dead to us. (laughs) Yes, right. Um. Now, I'm not saying that, like, 
condoning or celebrating snap, like snap streaks, yeah. but they do exist and they are very important to people. Yes, and so right. I would be talking about, okay, cool, I, I with your young human, I get that there's probably some things you want to do on your phone. Can we come to an agreement together? Right. So at 8 p.m., 7 p.m., whatever it is, we put the phones in a box. Right. And the box, it stays there for the night. Or we um, have a screen, like, you know, on, um, I'm pretty sure on Apple phones, and I'm sure there's apps you can get on Android phones as well that help you to manage your screen, t- screen yes, time. Yes, you can even yeah. block certain apps with a password, right. that kind of thing. But not just going in and being like, I'm blocking all of your apps, right. but actually having the conversation with your young human and being like, okay, cool. So what do you think is a, a good amount of time for you to be on Instagram per day? Yeah. What do you think is a great time for us to turn it off at night time? Like, I know you want to talk to your friends in America and they yes. don't wake up until 8 p.m. So, yeah. like, what do you want to do? Um, and just really having that conversation, I think much more can be achieved through negotiation than through hard disciplinary action because yeah. it, it violates the trust in your relationship and it is not showing your young person that you trust them when they're not around. Yes. They're not able to build that decision-making process and it, technology is going to be in their life for the entirety of their existence. Yeah. It's not oh, more so than yes. right now. It's, How it's, do we help them to have that positive relationship? Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the future. This is their whole life. And I think it was something something I was watching the other week. It was like uh, the, the, this current generation of young people will never know life without phones or without technology exactly. or without Instagram because their whole life has been it just exists it's always exists and never have an understanding like some of us older people <laughs> about what life was yeah. like before Instagram but I think it's also going back to that community what we're talking about at the beginning that communicating with confidence it's being having a conversation and having an understanding or negotiating but having having them feel like they're heard okay uh Doing a Snapchat streak might seem like something completely painful and frivolous to me, the adult, but in their world, that's very important. That might be really important to do that with their friend or what have you. So I don't understand the importance of it, but it's that's that communicating with confidence and opening up the the lines of communication to have an understanding so we we can – the – the young person can be heard about what what is important to them. Absolutely, absolutely. And knowing that just because you have one conversation with your young human about the whatever the challenge may be doesn't mean it's going to go well the first time. No. <laughs> or the second time <laughs> yes. or the third time. Like now we see you just staying power and just show them that you love them unconditionally yeah. and that you want to come to you want to come to an agreement together. Yeah. Um, another really awesome tip that I do with a lot of my young clients is we look at what hashtags you're following on Instagram mm. or on TikTok. Yeah. Um, the reason that this is important is because on my feed, for example, obviously I run the kindness hub, right? So yeah. I'm, I have so many kind acts being sent to me all the time or even just showing up in my feed. And a lot of that is by choice. Yes. And so what I do is I'll actually go through with a young human and I will go through and follow hashtags like kindness, like pay it forward, like mm. positive body image, like yeah. um, like your best self. Like I will follow things that I know are going to provide positive uplift, uplifting content into my feed. So yes. when I do inevitably end up scrolling through Instagram, 
which I will do. Yes, of course. Yes. It will have things that are going to fill my heart with love and joy, not yeah. just ads for the for the latest whatever that on earth is happening. Yeah. And it's not going to be just pictures of people who are filtered yes. or et cetera. Like on my personal Instagram account, I refuse to put verbatim, refuse to put any kind of filter on my on a human face, especially on my face when yes, I'm posting, right. because it changes the way that we are able, that we see, and it's also giving that message to others of like I want to change me, and I can tell you right now, I so wish to put filters on yes. my photos <laughs> and videos. I so wish to do this. But oh. I won't do it just like I won't wear foundation when I go on stage and speak in front of people because it's not showing an action in my personal view. I can't get on stage and talk to young people about positive body image and media distortion yes. when I'm spending all this time trying to cover up the pimples on my neck. Yes, yes. It's like this is who I am and I'm here in all of my um, authenticity for yeah. you. I'm still going to wear sometimes foundation if yeah. I want to go out or et cetera, but I'm just making that stand clear in my work yes. that this is who I am, what you see is what you get. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now, on the world of kindness, your stand in the world, obviously running the Kindness Hub, but is creating kindness as a habit and how this impacts our confidence. Yes. So how does this actually work in the world? Like are you just paying for someone's coffee or is there more to it? And I swear I went on with doing some research before this interview and was on your Instagram and ended up in tears about the like the like the videos and the, like if anyone out there like follow follow Heather on the Kindness Hub because <laughs> it will fill your feed with you know, with these amazing things. But the girl, I think one of the girls, you were giving out sunflowers and she, yeah. oh, my goodness, it you could see the difference that it just made in her day. Like just one flower, it was just, it was completely life-changing. So how how are we, what are we doing around kindness as a habit? What do, what it, what do we need to do to have this actually show up in the world in our own lives? Yeah, great, great question. And that sunflower story just fills my heart with so much joy oh, as well. It was lovely. Uh, it's something I'll start with. That. It's something that we've been doing all over Australia and I have done previously around the world, obviously Australia now, and that is buying flowers for strangers and going and handing it to someone for no good reason apart from it's an act of kindness and having that conversation with someone. Now, I also do this with, on my website, we have these cards, these kind of like postcards, like we mentioned at the yeah. beginning, that have kind yeah. sayings on them. And for example, one of the cards I have says, just in case no one has told you today, you're beautiful, a stranger oh, yes. who cares. Yeah. And this particular card, I remember handing to a woman at Central Train Station in Sydney. And I, she just looked like she needed, you know, a hug. But I was like, we're strangers. That would be weird if yes. I asked you one a hug. So <laughs> I thought, yes. I'll give you this kind card instead. And I gave it to her and I walked away. And this woman actually ended up yelling towards me, being like, come back here. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my like, goodness. What have I done? Like, yeah, yeah. What's happening? And so I walked back over to her and she just started bawling her eyes out. And oh. she said that. She said, no one has called me beautiful since the day my husband died. Oh. 
she said, I cannot tell you how much this moment means to me. Thank you so much. And wow. we had a hug then because then we yeah. were no longer strangers, right? Yes. We were connected through a story. Yeah. And the reason I first ever started handing out flowers to strangers and handing out these cards to strangers and getting encouraging other people to do it is based on a premise I like to call courage to kindness. Mm. And courage to kindness is because confidence, courage, and kindness are all muscles. Yes. They are things that you have to work on and build through repetitive acts that create that neurological pathway in mm. your brain, right? Oh, yes. No one is... No one is born a kind, per- like, well, maybe they're born a kind person, but no one is born like this courageous, confident person. It's something that you learn yeah. by seeing what works and doesn't work in your life. And so for me personally, I used to be absolutely deadly afraid of talking mm. to strangers. Yeah. Like, oh, so many I people just, are. They just won't even oh. acknowledge the man who makes their coffee in the morning or, you know, when they hand exactly. in their dry cleaning. They they won't start a conversation. And in, in the work I do when we try to start building their confidence, like literally we do go and start having them co- have a conversation with the person who makes the coffee in the morning and just start there yeah. with those little things. But so many people, you know, it is such a big confidence thing to even just have that that very simple conversation. Completely. And, you know, it's because we're scared of what's going to happen, right, mm. when we start that conversation. And one of the reasons we get scared of what's going to happen is because of our boundaries. So just because you smile at someone walking down the street doesn't mean you're saying, yes, come and date me, Yeah. right? <laughs> just yes. because you talk to the coffee barista doesn't mean you're hitting on them or no. you're thinking like you're going to have this lifelong friendship. Like yesterday I was at the local cafe and the, um, the man at the cash register messed up for like all the order. And he was like, at the end he said, thank you so much for just waiting and taking the time with me. And I looked at him in the eyes and I said, it's okay. You can get away with it today because you're so attractive. <laughs> and, and he just looked at me and like with such a big smile on his face in the past, I would never have said something like yeah, that. right? Yeah. I would feel like, Oh my gosh, what's he going to think about me? Like, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, I have the boundary for myself. So even yeah. if he was then like, oh, that's a green light and came up to me and said, oh, you know, could I take you on a date? I have full confidence I can say yes or no. Yes, right, yeah. That's totally, that's irrelevant towards the act, like the act of kindness of giving a meaningful compliment. Yeah. So with like the woman that I handed the card to of just in case no one told you today, you're beautiful from a stranger mm. who cares. The reason that I hand those out and encourage people to do that is because it's creating for yourself a habit where you're able to engage and practice your communication skills with the greater world. It's all well and good um, communicating confidently with people that you already know and in work situations where you need to get your message across. Mm. And I can tell you right now, it's an entire different growth game where you are putting yourself in a place of uncertainty and you're reaching out into the world and not knowing what the result is going to be or when someone's husband might have died and you might change their entire day, life, week. So creating these habits, right, these kindness habits, will not only change your life personally and make you more successful in every aspect of what you do, a better communicator, and feel good because you're doing something good. good. Absolutely, absolutely. But it also helps the world. Mm. It's a win-win situation because just because 
you're in a conversation with someone and they don't respond. I can't tell you how many people I have given a kindness card to or flowers and they look at you and they're like, no, thank you. Like, yeah. and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's just a kindness card. Yeah. Like, it's for you. And they're like, I don't care. Yeah, you're I think like, you're being, yeah, you're trying to sell them like, something or, yeah. Exactly. It can hurt your heart and your confidence so mm. much if you don't have the boundary there that says, no matter what, happens to me in the world today I'm going to show up with kindness and love and courage Mm. and that is going to be my measure of success not how someone else reacts or responds yeah great and I love the idea of the cards and they are beautiful by the way they're just so gorgeous and beautifully illustrated and I love that because it does when you are building like I'm pretty I'm pretty confident enough to sort of open up a conversation with most people or or what have you but for people who are really building their confidence and changing that the way they've always seen or building that habit it's a great opening or it's a great something that they can use to to start that conversation or to to find that courage to go up to someone and and give them that kindness card like it's a real opening to start learning and practicing this new thing in their in their life isn't it absolutely absolutely awesome i love that so we're always educating women and in our groups about fear and how to manage it and as you're talking about even like going up to someone in the street giving them a kindness card you're going to feel some level of fear and how to sort of move through that but how do you personally deal with fear and what do you teach to the young people in your programs around this topic yeah i'm someone who gets scared a lot Well, you must be pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone a lot then because that's where the fear lives. Exactly, exactly. And if we look at our the comfort zone, right, we've got that safe place in the middle where we feel all warm and cuddly and someone's going to tuck us in with a blanket. We're comfortable with it. And then we've got the growth zone just outside of that yeah. where, where we're testing the boundaries, where we're doing something where we know it's still safe and but it's very uncomfortable that's mm. a great place to be yes and then just outside of that is the danger zone yes. where you've gone too, too far, far out of your comfort zone <laughs> that you're like oh my gosh I'm in the hot air balloon and it's only going up and yes. there's no way to go back down yeah like, help me and that's a place that I obviously like to avoid as all as we all do but yeah. sometimes we can get confused between the danger zone and the growth zone Mm. I know that that can happen to me sometimes and then avoid actually being uncomfortable at all. Mm. So what I like to do and what I teach a lot of young people about is before you make any decision, I hold both of my hands out in front of me and I say, what's the best thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? And I quickly make a mental note of like, what are the best things and what are the worst things? And then unless the worst thing is death, (laughs) I'm probably going to move forward with it, right? Because then we're like, oh, the worst thing that happens is, uh, you know, my neighbor's going to think I'm a crazy person. I'm like, "Mm, many people thought I was a crazy person before and now they're my friends. So it's going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, what's the best thing that could happen? And I really rationalize it like that because it helps me to get out of my, the voices in my head and really put them out. Like you could write them down if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, And once you've decided what that looks like, right, I dive into it. So one of my most personal championships of the past 12 months has been learning to surf. Oh, wow. (laughs) Great. Such a championship. I can't tell you I used to have anxiety attacks in the ocean since I was a young child. Right. Um, And I would be so 
scared of what's beneath me or being in water that I couldn't stand in or, right. or anything like that. And bless my dad, he used to think he was so funny and be out in the water. And I'd be like, Dad, what if there's a shark? And he's like, Heather, the tip is you just need to be faster than the person next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, but, Dad, there's only you and me here. I don't want you to die. And he's like, exactly. And then he'd swim away really fast. Oh, so funny. Note to self, don't do that to your children. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. so for me, for surfing, it's something that scared me so, so much, but also something that I really wanted. And, yes. For me, the worst thing that could happen was I like counted out. I was like, I could get eaten by a shark. I could break my neck, like taking away poorly. Like, would it? Like, there's a lot of things that could happen. But to me, it was still worthwhile overcoming that fear. And if on yeah. my tombstone it said Heather Miller eaten by shark, <laughs> statistically, it's you're more likely to die from a cow in correct, Australia. Correct. Like, then it would be totally fine. So yeah. every day I would go surfing. I went surfing every single day. I would go in. And I would go with the mentality of I'm the most professional beginner I have ever met. And I will oh, continue I, I will continue to keep doing my best until it's no longer fun. And then yes. when it's no longer fun, I'm going to keep pushing through that zone anyway because it's probably fear just coming back up again yeah. until I can actually come from a place of like, actually, I'm really good at this now. I've done my best even when it's uncomfortable, like, amazing I've added a new skill to my list and yeah. now I find myself looking up places I can surf on the coast like a freak and I feel oh, amazing I feel, feel so badass as a human being yes you should and you, as a surfer that's it is it's something because I really I really detest cold water I really detest a lot of water anyway because it's usually cold <laughs> so I'm in awe of people who want to go out especially in winter and go and do surfing going oh my goodness the courage and the push through the pain and the mental load of that is like very inspiring. But I love, I love the phrase. I'm a professional beginner. I am going to steal that, use that. That is the bit because it's, it is, we always expect this, like we can't start something and then we have to be extra good at it before we start it. And it's like, no, there's always a learning curve. There's always that, that, that start where you just really, you know, terrible at it or uncoordinated at something and you've got to learn but yes let's be let's all be professional beginners of of our of our things that we want to get done absolutely and if you ever find yourself that you're not a professional beginner anymore your time is up you need to find something new that's going to challenge you yes that's great we need you have to be a professional beginner in something in your life that you're you're striving and then so you have to always be after being a professional beginner in your life if you're doing nothing else (laughs) i love it absolutely that's a great phrase that's a great so heather what's next for you what's the next step for you in the world obviously COVID has changed your business plan quite a little bit with not being able to travel the world and do all these youth programs. Absolutely. So what does it look like for you? Well, actually, it's very, very exciting. Not only do I have an online program now for schools, Great. so in confidence and yeah. et cetera like that, that's rolling out across the country. But I also, tomorrow, in fact, um, uh, this is, when are we? In May. Yes. I'm actually about to leave on the trip of a lifetime. I'm going across oh. Australia through Uluru and then around Western Australia for four months. Wow. And yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be a kindness tour. So we're going to be doing kind acts of kindness with random strangers all along the way and we're documenting it all. Oh, as well great. as, yeah. 
as well as being inspired at the beginning, I met an 82-year-old man named Jack by the Murray River in South Australia who has been a tour <laughs> of guide. you did. <laughs> you know, it started through a compliment as well. That's how I, I gave him a compliment. That's how it all started. And we shared oranges and he told me that he's been a tour guide for most of his life through Central Australia. And wow. he ended up being a friend of a friend's grandpa in the end of it all. And we are now going to travel Australia with him because he wrote my friends and I a letter saying that it's going to be his last trip across Australia. Oh. He believes, he hopes not, but he believes but he, and yes. if we would go with him. And so, yes, we are. Oh, I love that. So are you going to be documenting this uh, through the Kindness Hub pages or how do we how do we follow yes. you? Yes, I'll be documenting this on the Kindness Hub and then I'm sure there'll be some extra sneaky links that are attached yeah, to that. Yeah. So you'll definitely be able to find it all there. Oh, that'll be amazing to watch because there's going to be so much amazing things to see through Australia and obviously you can't, we can't really go anywhere else at this point anyway. But the, the <laughs> travel through Australia and the things that you will see and on this journey will be amazing to be to watch and be part of. So we'd love to see, see all that. Yes, please be a part of it. And you know, the thing that I love most about it is that it's all crowdfunded. Is so, it? Oh, awesome. Like my trip itself is obviously funded by me. That's my own personal cost. But yeah. the acts of kindness are directly sponsored by everyday people who are like, here's $10. Can you buy a coffee for someone along the way? Or oh. someone actually the other day was like, here's $1,000. Can you go and do something for some remote communities along your journey? So there are people who oh, are really amazing. wanting to create that and yeah. be part of something bigger yeah. on, a, on, on that scale. And I think it's something so beautiful to say to someone, you know that this lot of sunflowers is actually gifted by, you know, a hundred people who want you to have a good day. Like yes. you do. Yeah. And they look at you like, what? <laughs> I know. Cause yeah. Isn't that great? It's lovely because it is, I think, a, I think so many people really do understand that it does make a bigger difference. It is that ripple that you're saying one, one act of kindness here goes, goes far beyond what, what you'll ever know it does and how it Absolutely. changes in the world. Um, and some people we just don't know where to start with that, you know. And that's why I love the I love the kindness hub ideas. I love your kindness cards because it does give people who may not be creative or may not know what you know what to sort of do. It gives them mm -hmm. some little things that they can do. But yes, even if it's sponsoring to you know give ten, as you're saying ten dollars to buy someone a coffee, then that's yeah. you know you have to do all the hard work and we. <laughs> <laughs> and the it's rest an of it, cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We know that, but we know that you're out there making a difference and changing the world and putting those yeah. ripples out there. So that's I love yeah. it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, I can't wait to see you on on the Instagram. As I said, I'm already I've already been crying on your Instagram, following, <laughs> feeling so heartwarmed and just lovely. Um, so I really encourage anyone who needs a pick me up today to go and go to the Kindness Hub and and the Instagram and see what you can see on the videos there, which there'll be links in the in the show notes for this episode so now we're going to finish on our rise women final power questions so yes. what do you wish heather miller what do you wish every woman knew i wish that you knew that there will never ever in the entire world be someone like you ever again yeah not with your smile not with the way you see the world not your essence you are completely unique and yeah. the world needs you as you are oh i know isn't that great Love it, yep. love it, love it. And now what is your superpower? Being uncomfortable. Oh, wow. 
That is a great yeah. one. I've never, no one's ever said that. That is completely <laughs> unique. <laughs> Other people might like pineapple on pizza, but nobody has ever said that. <laughs> Being uncomfortable is definitely my superpower. <gasps> oh, I want yeah. now. See, now I want that as my superpower. That's that's have just it. too good. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll have to. Constructive I can't cheating. Do, yeah, I have to. I'll have to create that to say that's now my superpower. I'll have to do do some stuff. <laughs> um, heels or flats? Heels or flats? Flats. You never know when you're going to have to run to see a sunset. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. And what's your favorite quote or rule you live by? Um, it's a quote by myself, actually. And it is, if you think a compliment about someone and you don't tell them, it's like buying them a birthday present and throwing it away. <gasps> Ain't nobody That's got time for that. Great. That's lovely. So say the goddamn compliment. <laughs> Just say it. If you feel called to say it, just say, say it. it. Yeah. Make somebody's day. And who inspires you and why? Her name is Lee Lashuk. And she's the woman I met on the aeroplane when I was 15 years old, who, what I, as I say, gave me my second life. Right. And I asked this random woman for help at 15. And she said yes. And it completely changed the entire trajectory of my life. Right. And she inspires me because that's what she does. She right. lifts people up no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing. She's always there to listen and to help people to be them, their best selves. Yeah. It's not about competition for her. It's about collaboration. Per- isn't that lovely? I wish there was more of mm. that in the world. That's, that's just one. It would make such a difference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Inspiring, exactly. inspiring people. And our last one for today, finish this sentence. If I had even more confidence than I do now, I would... I would publish a book this year with all of the poems I have written about people along the way and it'd be fantastic. I just don't know yet how to publish a book, so need to look into that. Okay. There's people that can help you with that. Someone, so someone's yes. going to, someone's going to, you're going to connect with someone on your tours around Australia yes. that, that is a book publishing or someone might hear this and know that they're going to reach out because we need that book in the world. We need it. Oh, I- so someone, so. and who, like... whoever's out there listening who knows that this is you, you need to contact Heather and sort this out, please. Right? Done. Contact me. <laughs> I'm, such, I'm such a freak I, in a great way. I love to write secret poems about strangers and then I go up to them and read them or like oh, about wow. you know, people. And I read it to them and they're like, look at me like, what? How did you know? I'm like, I'm yeah. just a freak and I love it. Like, yeah, yeah. thanks for existing. Yes. <laughs> And I think there's something around this travel about the people you meet and the kind and the ripples. And I think it's the, it must be called something something around the ripples. But the the ripples yeah. that that this this four month tour now is going to create and the people that you meet because they're the yeah. inspiring stories of just the everyday people that it makes a difference to. So then people get a real tangibility to what the ripples create and how far it can actually go. Yeah. There's a book there too. Completely. Okay, we need the book publisher, please. Sort it out. Bring step up. <laughs> we need to we need Heather's books out. Well thank you, Heather. Thank you. This was such a great conversation. And I know it was sort of like uh, you, you know, you were so generous in saying, let's just do it tomorrow because I'm leaving the next day for a, for a four-month travel. <laughs> so we turned it around really quickly, but it's been so valuable and I know our listeners will get just so much value and obviously following your journey through what you're creating over the next four months. Can't wait to watch it all unfold. 
Thank you. It's been such a privilege and pleasure to be here. And to wherever you may be in the world, human listening, I hope that today is your best day yet. Enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And thank you to everyone for listening today. And remember, there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman you've always wanted to be. So please get in touch with us or visit risewomen.com. We want to ensure that confidence is every woman's new normal. And we do that by getting our programs and resources out to as many women as possible. So until next time, remember, with confidence, anything is possible. So bye for now.